So in that season, I had little children. I was the primary caregiver. I still am. My kids are still home. They haven't started school yet. And I had to find a way to show up and to to serve and to use my gifts in a way that worked in that season. So a podcast was perfect because I could get my kids down for a nap. I could record a quick episode, edit it up and get it scheduled to go out the next week, right? And now I'm, you know, three plus years into this journey. I have over 200 podcast episodes. I've guested on a bunch of shows. But if I had started off thinking like, I want to get this one specialty and I want to host a virtual summit and I want to have a, a group coaching program and a masterclass, and all, I would have felt so overwhelmed. I would have been like, hell no, I'm out, <laughs> you know? So give yourself permission to just start to do it a little scared, like maybe feel a little trepidatious, um, but take small steps, you know, record that first episode, go for that first walk, hire your first coach, um, like a business coach, whatever that looks like for you, right? Get the website. Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com, but for now, here is today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. My guest with me today is Kate House. We will not be focusing so much on crazy health issues today. That's Always good to kind of take a break from that, I think, because when I'm constantly interviewing about it and when you guys are constantly listening to it, it is important and it's very inspiring to hear these stories, but you know, you're constantly thinking about the diseases that people go through, so it is healthy to switch it up. And I like to switch it up with business or personal development content because you really can't lose with this. On one end, most of our FDN practitioners or health coaches who listen to this show, they are entrepreneurs or they want to move into a more entrepreneurial role. So the business stuff helps out. But on the personal development side, whether you are on a health journey or a business journey, this is something that you've probably realized by now. Those are personal development journeys. There is no one that gets a massively successful business without having to go through personal growth. You do not overcome tricky health challenges without engaging in personal growth. And there's a million other ways that this applies, right? If someone becomes a natural bodybuilder, they are going to have to go through a personal growth phase, and if not just a whole journey, to get to where they want to go, right? So this can be uh, contributed to a lot of different areas of our lives, but certainly health is one of them. I don't know anyone who hasn't come out better personally on the other side of their health journey because they had to, to get to where they wanted to go. So Kate House, our guest today, is someone who focuses a lot on that. She is a certified health coach, but she's more of a traditional health coach. And I think this is a nice, refreshing change up in our routine on this show because she actually is going to help us focus on the mindset stuff and the changes that need to be made. It is amazing to focus on the labs and the science. Clearly, that is my preference. But I also have been doing this long enough to know that if we ignore the other stuff, you're not going to get a lot of people well. You have to help them through the journey and you're probably going to have to help yourself through the journey as well. So a little bit about her. 
Kate Howes can be found running around her small town of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania with her two little boys as a stay-at-home mom and a wife to her college sweetheart. And by night, she is the host of the Live by Design podcast, health coach, educator, meditation enthusiast, slow but steady runner, and creator of her women-focused personal growth group, the LBD Collective. Gettysburg, Pennsylvania is actually not too far from myself, and we found out she went to high school probably, I don't know, 20 minutes, 25 minutes away from where I went to high school. Pretty cool. Small world, right? It's her purpose in life to help others release personal growth overwhelm, get unstuck, and finally take the action to launch in the direct uh, direction of your dreams. Together, she wants to help people live by design, not by default. I love this because I look at this as living intentionally, and it's something that I was very fortunate, blessed actually, to get exposed to at 18 years old. Most people are kind of going through their lives like a ship without a map. Like, could you imagine that? And it sounds ridiculous, but this is what most people do. They set the ship to sail, and yet no one knows where it's going. (laughs) So you don't know if you've ever arrived. You don't know if you actually got there, and you're just hoping for the best. Well, that's not going to go so well. And in fact, probably one out of a thousand times is that going to work out favorably for the ship versus someone who lives intentionally or lives by design, as Kate talks about. If you have that map and you have that goal, yes, unfortunately, there are some crazy things that could happen one out of a thousand times that maybe lead that ship to not getting there. But a ship with an intention 999 times out of a thousand, yeah, it's going to probably get to where it wants to go. And certainly those are worthy odds to pursue. So we will be talking today about how to live by design and the personal growth aspects of a health journey or of a business journey. Without further ado, let us get to today's episode. All right. Hello there, Kate, and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast. How are you? Oh, I'm so great. Thank you so much for having me here. I am super looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, yeah, me too. Because when her and I were talking before we ever started recording, it's one of those rare cases where we're actually relatively local to each other still to this day, um, both Pennsylvanians. And she went to a high school that is, I mean, my gosh, uh, 25 minutes, 30 minutes from where I live right now. And uh, it's not the first time that happened. I, I didn't tell you this off air. There was someone else on here that I've never met in person. She lives in Florida now, and she went to Council Rock North. And so I was just like, go fix. And we're the same exact age. We would have been the same year too, and never just never knew each other, but then met through online world. And it's kind of cool. I like that aspect of the online world. There's obviously the cons, but it's amazing who you can get to meet and stuff. Now, if you um, are clicking on this episode today, you might notice that it's a little different than some of the other ones we post. We didn't have any severe health issues in the title. And the reason we brought this on is because I'm, I've always been surprised as we're doing these. You guys seem to love business stuff. And it's not that we're necessarily talking directly about business stuff today, but there's a personal development side that goes into health journeys or business journeys. There's goal setting. There's mindset. Um, I would go as far as to say that I, I really do believe that the biggest factor in people not succeeding in business 80 plus percent of the time is their own limiting beliefs and their relationship with themselves more than it is anything else. Uh, I have someone in my life that he's my age and this guy, he's the first to admit this. I'm not being rude. He was terrible at school. He is not a traditionally intelligent person. And he came out of college, didn't even do anything related to his degree. And within three years was already doing a half a million dollars a year in a, a business that he created. But why that happened was because he doesn't know that you're not supposed to be able to do that. Like he just thought, oh, okay, you just go out and he's never not been profitable from day one. And it's like, 
oh, wait, 18 months is the average time that the business should be profitable? <laughs> no one ever told him. Never knew. And so he just took off with it. So sometimes ignorance can be bliss. And Kate, the problem is we get a lot of smart nerds at FDN. And so they're overthinkers that kind of limit themselves. So before we get into the, the goal setting, self-love, all these things, I, I want to just explain to people how you actually got into the health side, because you're not someone that necessarily was dealing with crazy health issues yourself, but you did see it in family members. So can we touch on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I'm an open book when it comes to my story. So I'm Kate House and I'm the host of the Live by Design podcast. And the reason it's called Live by Design is my unofficial tagline is that we're choosing to live by design and not by default. And I first heard that saying years ago, long before I ever had a business, I was I was working a nine to five, but I heard this saying and it put words to an experience that I had been living but I, I didn't have a way to articulate it. So I heard live by design and not by default. And I was like, that's it. That's that's the thing. And for me, I haven't personally, I've been very fortunate. I haven't gone through any huge health journeys or transformations. However, my younger brother was 18 months younger than me. And when he was born, he's autistic and a type one diabetic and nonverbal. And he had to work so hard in life to communicate with others and to, I mean, gosh, he was one of the most joyful people I've ever known, despite the hardships that he worked through. Um, even at four years old, he had open heart surgery. So this this guy just, he went wow. through so much, right? Yeah. And and I was there every step of the way. One of my earliest memories is seeing my brother have a grand mal seizure. And so I because of that, I learned at a very early age what a gift it was to be in the body I was in, to, to just to be dealt the hand that I was dealt. And I felt like I had to live with purpose, not only for myself, but for my brother as well. And so it was it was really this beautiful gift that he gave me of, of learning to really find joy and happiness in the present moment. He was one of the most present people I've ever known. That saying, like, be where your feet are. Like, David was always just in that moment. And so he taught me that. And then he also gave me the inspiration to kind of like your friend to to ditch those limiting beliefs and just go for it. And it's definitely been a journey when you talk about personal development, right? Like I used to be a perfectionist. I've always been a high achiever. I graduated Phi Beta Kappa. Like I'm a total nerd. Like when you describe <laughs> that person, I'm like, hi, it's me. <laughs> but with that, I, I've learned to let go of these these expectations and the shoulds of others and to just really to listen to that small inner voice. And, you know, I started off in corporate America and I was like, you know, this is great and all, but it's not quite the right fit for me. It's not lighting me up. And if I want to live by design and not by default, I want to feel connected to something in my day-to-day -day life. And so I became a yoga teacher from there. I, I layered in a health coaching practice. I became a behavior change specialist. And now I'm a podcaster with like over 200 episodes, which still boggles my mind. <laughs> and I love just helping other women um, choose to live by design and not by default to, to get unstuck, to ditch that those feelings of overwhelm and to make sustainable progress in the direction of their dreams. And we really hone in on, on the habits and the goals side to make that happen. Excellent. This is, it's cool because you are actually the traditional health coach then in the sense, mm -hmm. because we almost have to use that term as FDNs just because it's easier to market than saying, oh, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. Mm -hmm. Sounds pretty damn cool, but you don't necessarily know what that is. But I always specify to people, there is a huge difference between mm -hmm. traditional health coaching and FDN. We need both of them. You actually really can't. Mm -hmm. 
if you're trying to address a chronic health issue, I don't think you're really going to be able to achieve that without both of them incorporated. Mm-hmm. But what health coaching is and always was when, I mean, both of you and I went through Institute of Integrative Nutrition. I should have mentioned that because, a, oh my gosh, I swear 25 to 30% of the FDNs that I talked to <laughs> went through that program. And that is health coaching. You are helping mm-hmm. someone set these goals for themselves health-wise and helping them reflect, right? So it's not a counselor, um, but you are counseling them on some of the stuff that they're doing or not doing health-wise. And so they might come to you with the health goals. They might come to you even with some things that they've already learned from labs or whatever, and you're helping that person get through it. Because one thing that Kate and I were talking about off air is the truth of the matter is, and it might be a little oversimplified, but most people could effectively implement FDN programs in about two or three one-hour sessions. And yet no one has ever done that ever in our world because that's not that simple. There is the behavioral change that needs to happen, and it's a personal development journey. The person that you are in that given moment with those health issues is not going to be the same one that you are when you have achieved and conquer, or achieved the results that you want and conquered these things. And that's beautiful, but it also makes it tougher. It's not mm-hmm. just as simple as getting some lab results back. And one thing I got to give you a huge compliment with is the ability to to see the health challenges of someone else and start making changes in your own life to hopefully, I mean, not that you thought that you were going to get those specific things, that would be pretty rare, but just have any consequences health-wise. I really only know a handful of people, and I'm obviously mm-hmm. in this space, who are smart enough, and wise is really the word, to be like, oh, that's happening to someone else. Hmm, that could happen to me. I'm going to give up some of these short-term pleasures to mm-hmm. prevent something uh, you know, more serious down the road. So uh, huge testament there. How did this start for you in terms of like actually working with clients? Was that nerve wracking going from like the corporate side to be like, all right, I'm a business owner working one-on-one or groups, whatever it is you might be doing? Yeah, absolutely. So when I left my corporate job, I loved my colleagues. They're people I'm still close with to this day, but I just, I was so anxious in that position. I was stressed. I was having nightmares about my work email crashing. And I just realized like, nothing changes if nothing changes. And so I like to jump into things with both feet. And so when I first started, it's been this series of shifts, right? So when I first started teaching yoga, I would get into the studio and my voice was shaking. There were so many weird words that came out when I was first learning how to cue the physical postures, right? But with repetition, um, you get more confident, right? And so within, I, I did that for about three to four years. And By the end of that time, I could walk into a room and really confidently lead a group of 30, 40 people for 60 minutes. And I'm the only one talking that whole time, right? Mm -hmm. And when I first started teaching, I was like, I had so many notes, right? Like I (laughs) I was like, I had to figure it out by doing. And that's what I've learned in life is that you figure out the next right step by taking action. If you don't change anything, nothing changes. And it sounds so like, duh, Kate, when you say it. But it's true. And and so absolutely. So I started as a yoga teacher, then I layered in the health coaching because I had students who a lot of my yoga teaching, I was bringing in these personal development lessons. I was bringing in positive psychology, just things that I personally like totally nerd out about. (laughs) And so they would hear this in class and they wanted to go a step deeper. And I was like, well, I would love to, but I need to make sure I'm doing that from a place of, of having the right education. And so that's when I did IIN, like you had mentioned. And yeah, it was a totally, I mean, working with people one-on-one 
feels like a really big responsibility. You know, you want to serve them well, you want to support them well and really encourage them in this transformation journey. And I enjoyed it so much. That's why I started my podcast because I was like, how can I just share some of these takeaways with more people, right? How can I just, at IAM, we talk a lot about this ripple effect where we we show up as our true, beautiful, authentic selves. And there's this ripple effect that inspires other people, encourages them, gives them permission to do that in their lives as well. And so often I find in my coaching practice, we start with something a health-related thing, right? I want to sleep better. I want to feel energetic in my body. I want to fuel my body with foods that blesses it, right? Whatever it might be for that person. But so often it's, it is this personal growth journey, right? We talk about mindset. We talk about self-love. We talk about core values or a personal sense of purpose. It's it's this whole picture of the person, right? And it's really beautiful to see. We were saying off air before we started recording how a rising tide lifts all boats. And so it's really neat to see. And I'm sure you've seen this in your experience too. And we really lean into this health side of things while our health is is growing and we're getting stronger and more confident. All these other areas of our life becomes a little bit more intentional and, and rises up as well. Yeah, it's one of it's one of many vehicles and you can see this so many places in life and it doesn't mean that every single person unfortunately learns to apply the same personal development mm-hmm. principles to all areas of their life, but it's really common that you see someone I'm going to talk about natural bodybuilders. Mm-hmm. It's very common that I see the natural bodybuilder that also has great relationships and good fa- mm-hmm. um good finances and they're doing something that they love to do. Similarly, we see a ton of people here that get their health under control and then all of a sudden the money starts coming in. All of a sudden, you know, that broken relationship is also healed. So it's not always so simple, but Mm -hmm. a lot of the same things can be applied into multiple areas. And really it's, you know, pick your vehicle, right? Whatever you Mm -hmm. want to do, do it. Most likely it's health because that's probably what you got forced into if you're listening to a podcast like this. (laughs) And then it just works almost effortlessly sometimes into other areas of your life to shift it there. It's, It's pretty powerful. Before we talk about the specific techniques or certain things Mm -hmm. that you've learned, goal setting, all this stuff. Uh, One thing that I I think would be highly beneficial to the audience is we have so many females listening that also are becoming or already are entrepreneurs. And this is a universal problem with entrepreneurship, but I think especially for females, I I can't really speak fully. I'm only speaking from hearing from people. Um, I don't know if it's just because traditionally in the world, there, there was a time, right, not even that long ago that mm-hmm. men kind of dominated all of these spaces. And so I don't know if limiting beliefs come from there or, or whatever it might be. But the truth of the matter is, and this isn't just motivational stuff, this is factual, women-owned businesses are doing phenomenally. Like they are doing way better than a lot of men-owned businesses. They're way more profitable. If any of you guys watch Shark Tank, the show, uh, it's based out of the US. I don't know if everyone will be watching it around the world because we do have other countries and stuff. But I think you have shark tanks in your own individual countries. It's a business investing thing. And one of the sharks, I remember him saying that all of his female owned businesses were profitable. And this was like eight seasons into the show. And all of his men owned ones were not profitable after eight <laughs> seasons of the show, which which is kind of crazy. So ladies, there's there's no reason to have limiting beliefs, but it's also not as just simple as me lifting, uh, listing off a statistic. Mm-hmm. So for you, Kate, what would be some advice to women who are out there and like they know in their heart they want to do this. They do want to be an mm-hmm. entrepreneur. They want to let themselves just flow creatively, but they're scared. They're like, wow, I've never mm-hmm. done this. Uh, some of them, most have had jobs before, but some are actually coming from a more stay-at-home mom life mm-hmm. and then want to get into this world. And, and it can be tough. So do you have advice for them as they're growing into that? 
Hey there, friends. It is Detective Ev popping in here really quick. I have a special announcement. If you've ever been interested in applying functional medicine to your pets, yes, your fluffy friends can get functional medicine too, then we got some good news. You might have heard of our monthly event before. It's called the Health Space Unmasked. It's completely free, and what we do is we bring in Reed Davis, the founder of FDN, with a big expert in the functional medicine space, and we go live for a couple of hours. There's usually 100-plus people on, and that's growing by the month and so people can actually ask questions and interact with the guests that we have this time it is going to be dr ruth roberts and she is talking all about you guessed it how to apply functional medicine to your pets how you can register for this to get the free link is by simply going to fdntraining.com unmasked that's fdntraining.com unmasked and if you want you can just go to the show notes after this episode or right now click on it and make sure you get registered so that you can learn how to do some functional medicine with your pets. All right, now back to today's episode. Yeah, absolutely. I love that question. I really appreciate the way that you phrase that. So absolutely. My first, there are a couple of things come to mind. The first is to do it scared. Oftentimes the thing that's on your heart to do, it starts off as like this little whisper inside your heart. And for me, I've had these people in my life where before I became a yoga teacher, I had been thinking about wanting to make that change. And then one day out of the blue, my husband turned to me and was like, babe, I think you'd be a great yoga teacher. And I was like, hot dang. Yeah. Okay. Let's do this. And, and then for a while I've been thinking to myself, like, I think I want to start a podcast. And then my best friend texted me out of the blue and was like, Hey Kate, I think you should start a podcast. And I was like, Oh my God, it's happening again. <laughs> and like, and so listen to that little voice inside of you. And if you need somebody to encourage you, like, you know, wait for that person to do it or, or have a conversation with somebody that you can kind of brainstorm it with. Um, but listen to yourself. You can be your own permission giver. The other thing that I would say is to give yourself permission to grow slow, to build a really strong foundation. So for example, and I can really only speak to my own personal experience, but I started my podcast in the summer of 2020. And I know it's such a 2020 thing to do to start a podcast, <laughs> but I was I was home. I had a one-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old at the time. My husband works full-time and he was working from home. And I was like, well, I'm never, there's never going to be a better time than now because we're here all the time. I've got more support with the kids than ever. And I was a full-time stay-at-home mom, but I had this, this desire to be, to have this identity, to show up in this world, to have my motherhood, but I didn't want to be defined by my motherhood. I love, I love my children so much. I, the being their mom is the, my most favorite thing in the whole world. However, I still wanted to honor the yoga pro, uh, yoga teaching that I had done. I wanted to mm -hmm. honor the health coaching. Um, and I was like, you know what? I think a podcast is the way that I can do it. And for me in that season of life, that's another thing is to, to take into account the season you're in. So in that season, I had little children. I was the primary caregiver. I still am. My kids are still home. They haven't started school yet. And I had to find a way to show up and to, to serve and to use my gifts in a way that worked in that season. So a podcast was perfect because I could get my kids down for a nap. I could record a quick episode, edit it up and get it scheduled to go out the next week. Right. Right. And now I'm, you know, three plus years into this journey. I have over 200 podcast episodes. I've guested on a bunch of shows. But if I had started off thinking like, I want to get this one specialty and I want to host a virtual summit and I want to have a, a group coaching program and a masterclass, and all, I would have felt so overwhelmed. I would have been like, hell no, I, I'm out, <laughs> you know? 
So give yourself permission to just start to do it a little scared, like maybe feel a little trepidatious, um, but take small steps, you know, record that first episode, go for that first walk, hire your first coach, um, like a business coach, whatever that looks like for you, right? Get the website, start small and allow it to grow from there. So carve out those pockets of time in your day and be really intentional at that time. So when I sit down, um, you guys, I don't know if you'll see the video of this, but I'm recording this in my home office. And when I sit down at this desk, I light a candle, I put on my noise canceling headphones, and I'm I'm out of motherhood mode. I know that my kids are with a sitter, they're with my husband, they're with somebody, uh, they're safe, and I'm in work mode. And I get stuff done when I'm in work mode. And and I know a lot of you listening are high achievers. You're incredibly talented. Um, you can get it done. And so you have to turn off your phone. You know, get off of the scrolling, the doom scroll, right? Don't compare yourself to other people and where they are because you are in this season of life and you have something to share and to give. And if you just dial it in, you will make progress, even if it's just a handful of time that adds up over time to something really beautiful. So do it scared, use those pockets of time um, and get help and support um, and education where you need it. This is excellent. I love this advice of just starting. And I think I mean, I'm sure there's many reasons, but I think the obvious reason people never do this is because they are afraid to fail. They're mm-hmm. afraid to be seen in a negative light by other people. And I don't know where this came from. because I certainly didn't always have this. I actually had the opposite. I, I sometimes think it was, uh, I don't know if you ever heard this in one of the podcasts that you listened to, but I ended up, I mean, it was kind of a weird transition in my life. I, I never graduated high school. I got kicked mm-hmm. out. There was a lot of bad stuff happening, just substance use and mental health at the time, mm-hmm. which ironically was one of the things that got me into the health space. And I'm thankful for that. But my self-perception, whether or not this is, is good or bad, it's not what I'm debating. It's just, it led to something half decent. My self-perception at the time was I'm a loser. But then mm-hmm. I got into this personal development stuff. It was forced down my throat by some friends of mine at the time. And I started to to actually benefit from this loser mm-hmm. self-perception because I had no fear. I, in my mm-hmm. head, I was already as low as I could be. Now, of course, that wasn't actually true. Looking back, you can unfortunately always go lower and always go higher. Mm-hmm. But in my head, it was so bad that I had no fear to try new things or to engage with public speaking or whatever it might be, because anything almost was a step up from where I was at. And I almost wish, I don't want people to go through pain, but I almost wish I could give everyone those experiences because the truth of the matter is our time here is so limited. Mm -hmm. So I start to ask like, at what, there are 50, 60 year olds that still think like this. I'm like, what day do you stop caring? Like you're going to not be here someday and you're missing out on all these wonderful gifts and unique opportunities that were meant for you, right? And it doesn't matter what branch of uh, spirituality you're in. If you have even some shred of this, even if you're an atheist, like obviously you have unique things that you can offer the world. That would, that would be a common sense thing you would imagine. And how much of that is the world missing out on because you were too afraid to not look that great when you first started? I dare anyone to go back to the first podcast that I did, even on here, and I had already been doing podcasting for a couple of years. I was speaking so fast because I had never done paid podcasting. So like FDN now hired me to do this and I'm super nervous. I don't want to screw it up for them. And yet I'm still speaking super fast and published these episodes. And now it's more, I mean, I speak fast, but it's more excited as opposed to nervous. And it's more controlled than it ever was before. So you got to start some Somewhere. Mm-hmm. Your business is not going to be perfect overnight. All these people that you look at that you're jealous of or you're feeling envy with, 
They started at a similar place to where you started. I can almost guarantee that. No one walked into the gym and was super jacked. No one had a business just be super successful overnight. And at the very least, these cases are so rare that they're not even worth paying attention to. So Mm -hmm. I think that's great advice. I hope it's taken to heart. Um, I always, this isn't something I came up with, but I can't remember ever where I got it from. If something scares and excites me at the same time, it's probably a pretty damn good thing to be Mm -hmm. going and doing. Now, with the people that you work with, Kate, uh, you know, you and I had talked about some topics we could explore before we got on air with goal setting and, and self-love or whatever. But are there common themes and issues that are coming up with the people that you work with? Because I know it's primarily, I think you believe, I believe you said 25 to 40, 45 year old woman, something in that yeah. age range. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say, well, it's funny because the, the women that I work with are where I was just a handful of years ago. And so I just want to be that person that reaches a hand out and is like, there is hope. (laughs) There is a solution. We can do this together. Yeah. I would say they are high achieving women who expect so much of themselves and they want to show up so well for the people in their lives, whether it's their family, whether it's their career, whether it's their education, that their health and their well-being gets put on the back burner because they are taking care of everyone else first. They're just pouring and pouring and pouring into the people that they love, which is so beautiful um, that they get to the end of the day and they're just, they're like, oh, I've got nothing left for me. So I'm just going to like click on the TV and eat a snack that feels good at the time and stay up too late and then, you know, roll into bed when I'm exhausted. And there's nothing wrong with that. I certainly have had my share of those nights. I still choose sometimes to sit down and watch a movie and enjoy that process, right? But we want to be living by design and not by default. So that's the through line with all the women I work with is we have this deep desire for either a shift or a change or to just feel more vibrant or energetic or just connected to our lives. Um, sometimes we get into this this default mode and sometimes that happens because it's like you're just trying to survive the day. Like certainly back during the pandemic, like I had two little kids, I was the main caregiver, my husband was working from home. And like, honestly, just surviving the day was like the goal every day was like, I got to keep these humans alive. I kind of like, and I get to the end of the day and I was exhausted and I just felt so depleted. And and I knew in my mind the things that I should be doing or could be doing to feel better. But I just like, I couldn't even get there. I was just so, I was like, I got nothing left, you know? And so I think it's this idea of how can we layer into these, like those pockets of time I talked about earlier whether it's for your business or for your own self-care, you can find these little pockets of time where you can layer in these purposeful habits that pour into yourself, right? Now, as a parent, especially, you know, there's this saying like you have to pour into yourself first before you can pour into other people. But like I wake up and like my kids need to be fed and the dog needs to be let out. And like I have to care for other people first oftentimes. And so what are ways that we can throughout our day care for ourselves well? Does that look like over your lunch break, going for a walk and taking out the earbuds and just getting connected with your body and your breath and moving, right? Um, It could look like at the end of the day, you click off the screen an hour before bedtime and you sit and you read an actual physical book, right? There are all these different ways that we can pour into our well-being, whether it's our physical health, mental health, emotional health. Um, So that's really the through line with everyone I work with is they feel a little stuck or they feel a little overwhelmed and they just want to get clear and focused. And the other thing I find too with 
with those of us who are high achievers is we do all the reading, we listen to all the podcasts, we watch the YouTubers, we watch the documentaries, right? And we get stuck in this cycle of learning, learning, learning. Mm-hmm. And I've been there, so I know. <laughs> and we overlearn and we kind of oversaturate our minds and we don't leave the time to just sit with what we've learned to decide what parts of what we've learned we want to take and apply to ourselves and what we what do we want to just to say like, you know, that's a great idea, but it's not for right. me. And then leave the time to actually implement it. And so we get stuck in this over-learning phase. And then we know, quote, know what we should be doing, quote, should be doing. Um, but we're not leaving the time to reflect and to implement. And so then we just feel like we're falling behind and we feel overwhelmed and we feel stuck. And mm-hmm. so a lot of the work that I do is I go down the research rabbit hole because I'm a nerd and I love that. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, in my women's group coaching program, for example, every month we do a different topic. And so like we did self-love last year and I went down the rabbit hole of like, let me do all the learning for you. And then Mm -hmm. during our coaching time together, I'm like, okay, let me share with you the best of what I've learned. And here Mm -hmm. are the different ways we can implement it. And we do a journaling night every month. And that's that time to really just like Sometimes we need someone to tell us, like, hit pause. <laughs> like, it's okay right. to slow down and to to decide, like, okay, based on what I've learned, what do I implement? What do I release? And how do I layer it in as a habit that I can come back to time and time again? Awesome. Excellent. One, and you were kind of already going into this, so I'll still ask the question because I, I think we can probably dive into it even more. One of the things that I, I found so interesting, and I don't know if it was Tony Robbins or someone, it's someone similar who said something like this, but I'll never forget it. It was, what could you do better right now? And I think they said in finances, health, and maybe relationships. And I'm someone who works on myself. And right now, without even having to put in much effort, I could come up with answers. Oh, yeah, no, I could definitely do this better with finances. I could absolutely do this better with health. And here's how I could improve my relationship, right? Mm -hmm. So we kind of all know, even without, I mean, hopefully we're reading and constantly learning, but even without reading or learning anything new, I'm always able to answer those questions. And so it's really Mm -hmm. hard to make the argument that it's not just mindset outside of this Mm -hmm. or, or personal beliefs or something else. So I think what's interesting is with a lot of these high achieving people and women that if we ask them what they should do so that they're not constantly burning themselves Mm -hmm. out or all this stuff, they they would know the answer. So how do you help them make that mindset shift? Because again, they, they really do know what they should do, but it's not being done. And I do believe that, especially like the moms out there and stuff, of course, they're selflessly helping others. Mm -hmm. But when someone is putting out so much that they're hurting themselves in the, Mm -hmm. in the same time that they're actually helping others, yes, there's an aspect of selflessness there. But I also think that does expand in a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I won't say everyone, but in a lot of people to maybe they feel that the only way they get validated is by working themselves to the point that they're exhausted or can't go Mm -hmm. anymore. Like it's more than just being selfless. So how do you help these people make that mindset shift or identify that in themselves? Because you're, you're preaching to the choir for us right now, because even if it's, again, uh, maybe we talk about more severe health issues on this podcast, Mm -hmm. this profile of the woman that you're describing is identical to 90% of the people that I interview or people that we work with, I would say. So how do you help them make that shift? Yeah. So I would tell like to the the woman, especially like, like friend, you are worthy. You are worthy of feeling good. You are worthy of feeling energized. You are worthy of rest. You are worthy of pouring time and energy and resources 
into being the person you really want to show up as. You are worthy of not being burnt out. You are worthy of feeling like vivacious and vibrant. Now, maybe not every single day we go through hard seasons of mm-hmm. life, but you are you are so worthy. And my encouragement would be to to make yourself a priority in your life the same way you prioritize the people you love, the same way you prioritize your career or your education or whatever that looks like. Um, you are worthy of being at that same level of importance in your own life. And and here's the kind of tough love approach is that nobody can go to the gym for you. Nobody can eat the foods that bless your body. Nobody can make you go to bed. <laughs> you know, these are all things that you have the agency to implement, but you just have to know that you are worthy of that intentionality. And I think sometimes we feel like I, I, this is a generalization, but as a mom, especially sometimes we can feel like it's this badge of honor to always be busy or to do all the things for everybody. And yeah, we get burnt out. And I, the, the thing that I would just say is that you're worthy and you're worthy of having goals for yourself outside of your motherhood or your parenthood or your career. Like you can have interests that you pursue just because you love them and they make you feel Mm -hmm. joyful in the day to day. Right. And so yeah, just like a reminder that you have so much worth and you can choose to pour into that in whatever way speaks to you. Awesome. Do you think that there is um, a more common theme than not in terms of where these women lose their sense of self-worth? Is it society? And that could be social media or something else. Mm-hmm. Um, do these people, have they gone through trauma? I mean, I'm sure that comes mm-hmm. up some of the time. I'm just wondering what the core theme seems to be because I hear this all the time. I do believe society... I don't know if it's always the cause, but I, I know it's not helping any situation. So I don't know where do you where do you think, at least the woman that you work with, I know that's what you can speak on. Where is this lack of self-worth coming from? Because we're seeing it all the time. Yeah, that's such a great question. I was reading an article on, I think it was either Psychology Today or VeryWellMind.com recently, and it was talking about the societal pressures that are put on women specifically mm-hmm. to show up and do all the things and be expected to do it perfectly um, and to do it selflessly and and all of these things. And it just, it leads us to, to giving, 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 giving mm-hmm. <laughs> and not taking the time to pour into ourselves. So I think it can come from so many different places. I think it can come from, from culture, from society. I think it can come from our upbringing. It could come from, um, it could come from just something you saw like in ads over and over and over again when you were a child, right? Like it can come from traumatic experiences. Absolutely. It can come from so many different places, but I do tend to think that as women specifically, we feel this pressure to, to, to have to show up perfectly or not at all. And so sometimes that can keep us stuck it because it keeps us from trying something new. Like I had said earlier, like nothing changes if nothing changes. But if we're so afraid of showing up and and not being great at it, you know, it keeps us from starting. If we're worried about somebody judging us, like, well, what will my friend think or what will this person say on social media or whatever? Who cares? <laughs> like this right. person, they probably aren't even thinking about you, right? And that's the thing. We're so worried about what other people think about ourselves. But in the end, like they'll either be supportive or they'll check out, you know? Um, I think it just comes back to this idea of, you know, how do you want to, how you live your day is how you live your life. And so can you find these moments in your day that feel really good? And sometimes like I'm a huge advocate for gratitude practices and my husband Mm -hmm. and I have a practice that we do with each other 
every single day. We've done it for years and it's made our relationship closer. Um, But sometimes the thing I share for like, we share something specific that we're grateful to the other person for in that day. And then we share something that we're generally grateful for. And sometimes the thing I'm generally grateful for, I'm like, gosh, I had the best cup of coffee and the kids were playing outside and I had a quiet moment to myself and it was wonderful. And sometimes it's just as simple as slowing down and noticing, right? Mm -hmm. We can be so distracted um, with our phones, with our emails, with everything pinging and trying to get our attention. And sometimes it's this matter of how can I focus and get back in touch with myself and what I actually desire and what lights me up? Um, How can I get back in touch with that and let go of these, as as the question you asked, like all these outside pressures? How can I just instead not get my validation or my sense of purpose from outside of me? How can I turn inward instead? Yeah, absolutely. It's one thing. I don't know that I necessarily have a solution to it other than just to to not engage in it as much. But I love uh, evolutionary psychology and mm-hmm. biology. And I find these things fascinating because I do believe a lot of our problems, both men and women, it stems from this. Because although, okay, I'm a, very, I'm a religious person at this point, not mm-hmm. even just spiritual, but I can still recognize that we have biological urges and needs on this planet. And one of those biological urges, I mean, it's really the only reason we're here from a biological perspective is to mate, reproduce, and help mm-hmm. that offspring survive. And I don't want to simplify our existence. I'm just recognizing something that's that's clearly true if we're having an honest conversation. Mm-hmm. And so I think what happens is whether people realize this is actually where it's coming from, from or not, when women see other women in a magazine or social media, or when men see other men, because men, I think, are just much less open to talking about this, but I cannot scroll on this thing for more than 30 seconds without seeing the most jacked dude I've ever seen, right? Like it's constant like lifting and they're on steroids and they have their shirt off, all this kind of stuff, right? So you're comparing yourself to others, but the issue with social media is you can automatically compare yourself to the top tiers in that area out of 7 billion people. So you're not really in competition with them, but our primitive minds trick us into being uh, Mm -hmm. in competition with them. And this all comes down to, again, not to make it sound so, so simple, but we are animals. And in a tribal perspective, you would be competing for the best mate. And so again, I don't necessarily know that me just stating this solves it, but what it does help me with is, okay, if I go online and see some jacked up steroids dude, right? I'm not actually competing with him. He's not like, you know, like he can have a mate and I can still have a mate and we're all good, right? My girlfriend could see some whatever, Victoria's Secret model. Like I'm not going, first of all, the Victoria's Secret model is probably not going for me. But second of all, it's like, I'm not going for her. Like we're not competing. I love this girl, right? So it's kind of weird because we, I think we trick ourselves and and think that it's it's coming from something more complex. It's like, no, the truth is we want to be the hottest and best looking mate and we want to compete in this market. And that is really where a lot of this stems from. And so I don't know, at least for me, acknowledging that that is probably true and then realizing how silly it is because I'm not competing with some random person from England that I will never meet online. You can sometimes just turn these off or delete the apps. Like I noticed, I don't know about UK, I find very little scrolling and it's not even necessarily just a comparison thing. I don't know if it's just the dopamine or, or whatever. Very little scrolling makes me feel very crappy. Like mm. 10 minutes of it, I just feel myself, I'm like wired and tired. It's not even, um, it's not <laughs> a good stimulation at all. And I'll just delete the apps for the day. You can mm-hmm. re-download them, but it also prevents that mindless scrolling. Like, okay, I don't need to be on Instagram when I'm using the bathroom. 
right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. <laughs> if you have it on the phone already, you'll find yourself just naturally clicking it. It's muscle memory versus having to re-download it. Although it's not a major inconvenience, it's just enough that you're like, dude, I'm using the bathroom. I, I don't need to re-download <laughs> Instagram right now and then set up the account to, to do all this stuff. So that's just, I mean, my, I guess, small tip for it. But I also believe that a lot of this uh, stems from just biological urges that are totally fine, totally natural to have, but we need to be smart enough to override some of them and be realistic and say, okay, I'm not competing with seven or whatever, 3.5 roughly billion men out there. You are not competing with 3.5 billion women out there. That's insane. That's never how it was supposed to be, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think it comes back to just that intentionality piece, right? Like there are plenty of times that I've followed somebody who really inspired me, but if I ever find myself falling into that trap of comparison, um cuz that cuz that immediately puts you feeling less than. Um and when I go on social media, I want to connect with my friends. I want to be inspired by people who are in the same way that I help the women that I work with because I'm maybe mm-hmm. a couple steps ahead. Um, I look to other women. I have, I have a business coach. I, ha- you know, I, I'm in groups and programs and all the things. Right. And so I want to go online and I want to see the people who are a few steps ahead of me. Right. And maybe if there's somebody who's like a hundred steps ahead of you, maybe that's where you start to fall into that, that space of like, Oh, this doesn't feel sure. great. And you can unfollow somebody and like, you can, you, you can choose not to use the discover feature, right? Like you can just mm-hmm. look at the accounts that you choose to follow and be inspired by them. And I love that piece that you touched on as well of just checking in with yourself and being like, how do I feel? Do I feel <laughs> wired and tired? Because I should probably stop this. And in our family, we're actually in this this pro, this um, change up in our, the way that we use technology right now. And um, I love technology. I mean, my whole business is run online, right? But right. we're moving towards putting all of our social media apps on an iPad. And that way you only use it like when you're using the iPad and when it's, you're really intentional about it. And we have a, a charging station set up on our first floor of our home where our cell phones go and we have tech free time and our phones live downstairs when we go upstairs to bed and, you know, nice. different ways that we can just be intentional with, um, you know, what you feed yourself physically is so important. What you feed your mind is just as important. And so if we're on this journey of health and wellness and um, choosing to to pour into our mindset and our self-love and our goals and all those things, like we have to be careful what we're putting in as well. And so, you know, creating some of those parameters for yourself can feel really freeing in a way. Yeah. And it, it is tough as people like us, because we literally use this for business and I'm thankful mm-hmm. for it. It's just, Again, I think if people were more aware of just how they feel at any given moment, mm-hmm. um, I started camping in the beginning of the pandemic. So even wor- don't worry, even worse than you starting a podcast, <laughs> I started camping, right? Like guys, <laughs> Bob, so cool. that was the next coolest thing to do. Um, but what I found about camping is I now go to this spot and you actually, it's an, it's a big campground. So there, there's showers and stuff and there's people, you don't feel unsafe, even if you're new to it, but you actually don't get any cell service for about the last 15 minutes driving mm-hmm. in. So it's not even that I can just walk to the end of the campground and turn it on. I mean, you're not getting anything. It's not going to work. <laughs> um, and I cannot believe the freedom. And that's the word, mm-hmm. the freedom that I feel being there. Now, all I have is some logs, some food, a tent. I got the car. Um, but it's it's not other than the car it's not much more than mm-hmm. our most primitive ancestors would have had and yet i feel almost as good as i possibly could feel and because it's not a high i think that's what the issue is with today's world we run on these cycles of lows and highs mm-hmm. there is in between that a nice neutral calm that exists when we're in harmony with what we're supposed to be doing. So um, if we got to engage in today's world with social media and things like that, that's fine. I'm doing it right now and I'm not going to change that per se. But just remember that nature, God, whatever you subscribe to, 
actually already designed you in such a way that less is more. Mm-hmm. Like literally all you need was was already out there um, just waiting for you. So if you choose to engage with it, you might feel more satisfaction and happiness than um, the best paycheck or or whatever drugs you've taken in your life or haven't. Like it's just you will get a better feeling than any of those cheap highs. It doesn't it doesn't mm-hmm. even compare. Um, one thing, Kate, I wanted to move to to make sure that we get to mm-hmm. talk about this today is these and I, forgive me, I forgot how you categorize them, but there's like mm-hmm. almost like these four areas of of goal setting. And I know our type A's are going to love this um, on this <laughs> show. And I'm sure you're going to have a healthy perspective and how to actually apply these things. So why don't we go through those four categories and oh. then talk about how we can actually set those for ourselves? Because I'm really interested too. I love goal setting. Yeah, I, I love goal setting. I could talk about goals all day long. And as I, we start this conversation, this piece of the conversation, I think it's important to remember that even when we're in pursuit of goals, we have to remember to, like you're talking about in camping, to be present in our day-to-day lives. Because sometimes we can get so lost, especially as high achievers in the pursuit of the goal that we forget to really find and cultivate that joy in our day-to-day. So just a little disclaimer while we Mm -hmm. talk about our goal setting. But yeah, I think when I approach goal setting, I think about setting goals that are aspirational, attainable, meaningful, and habit-based. So aspirational is the first piece. So it's like, what what could your future self one year from now do? So with the skills you're going to acquire and the skills you already have and resources and energy and time and all of that, what is something aspirationally that you could do in a year if you really worked hard, right? And it's probably a goal that like puts some butterflies in your stomach because you're like, can I do that? I'm not totally sure. Like it's it's an aspiration, but you trust yourself enough to try, um, the next part is attainable. So like, let's be realistic. Like you can see behind me right now, I have my vision board, right? And so I use mm-hmm. these goal setting principles when I create my vision board. So I want something that's attainable. I don't want it to be so easy that I could do it tomorrow. Um, but I want it to be attainable within, say I'm setting goals for a year, um, which is the cycle I usually use. Um, I want it to be attainable within a year. So if I were to say like, um, one thing that I'm working towards is that all the money I make in my business, we put towards paying off our home mortgage early. So nice. if I were to say like, well, I want to be debt free in our home in the next year, like right now that's actually not attainable. And so that's a goal that I could set, but I'd be setting myself up to not be successful. Right. But instead <laughs> I could break it down into something that's attainable, maybe a, a stretch goal, um, within the next year. Cause stretch goals keep you excited. They keep you motivated. Um, The next is that it has to be meaningful. So, so often, and this kind of ties into the earlier parts of our conversation, we feel these outside pressures of what we should be doing or, you know, what our our parents want for us or our friends or our partner or society at large, whomever. Um, But we forget to set goals that mean something to us, right? Like, sure, you can go out and you can do something um, that's a goal that you felt pressured to do. And as a high achiever, you could probably go out and rock it. Um, And that's the hard thing being a high achiever, right, is we we have to get back in tune with ourselves. Just because you could be good at it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the thing that is the next right step for you. Sure. And then the last thing is that it's just habit-based. So once we have this aspirational, attainable, and meaningful goal, how can we break it up in such a way that you can work on it a little bit every single day? And, you know, there's this whole idea of habit stacking and layering habits into your day, and that's a whole other conversation. But, you know, how can you work towards that every single day? So for me, for example, a goal I'm working towards are some specific goals for my business and, and the impact I hope to have with it. And I do that. The habit I have is that I work from 6 to 8 a.m. every single day because I am a stay-at-home mom and my husband works from 
8 to 4.30. And in the evenings, we like to cook together. We like to have family time together. So I wake up early. I'm not a morning person, but I do it because the habit I've layered into my day is that I work for those two hours each weekday. And that's how I I make slow but steady progress. So yeah, that's my approach to goal setting. It's an awesome tip too, because when it comes to, especially the world of online business, I think what the world of online is weird because it's made us more distracted than ever before. Mm -hmm. But if you can find a way to focus in this, you will get more done than our ancestors could have gotten done in their lifetimes. And this this is real because you have 16 year olds. Some of them are making 25, 30,000 a month online. And it sounds incomprehensible, but you get these kids that are highly motivated. They're excited. They're Mm -hmm. willing to study online. And so I actually have found for myself, I'm, I'm more of a morning person now, but it is trained busy. I guess I was always a night owl my entire life before I got into the health stuff. But I find that my best hours are those a mm-hmm. uh, few in the morning. I, I wrote a book more for myself. It's not like something I advertise or I, I hardly ever talk about that mm-hmm. on here. But when I was writing the book, I'd write in the morning uh, mm-hmm. mostly. And I just, man, my mind is working so well. I haven't been distracted by the day yet. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure, I'm assuming you do something similar. Like it, it's not like you're checking social media and then going to, doing mm-hmm. this two hours, right? Like you're leaving that kind of. <laughs> yeah, away. no. I like. I wake up. I pour a cup of coffee. I fill up my giant Nalgene that's always by my side. I drink like three of these a day. Huge advocate for hydrating. It's free and it releases the brain fog. <laughs> and I, I make my protein smoothie and I come downstairs. And I'm I'm really grateful that my husband is super supportive of the work that I do. So he he's like, I got the kids, I got the dogs. Like I come down to my my office in our basement and it's like I'm I'm I am not available to the family right now. They are all cared for. Um, and yeah, I'm like, I'm not scrolling social media. I'm not checking my text messages. Like, do I have text messages to return? You bet your buns I do, but I don't do it during that time. I put on these headphones, I light my candle and I just use exactly right. That energy, especially that for me in those early morning hours, my mind isn't full of like, got to call the kid's pediatrician. I need to fill out his application for school, this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, I'm just in it in those two hours. And I get more done in those. I probably do six hours worth of work during those two hours because I have to stay super focused. And I don't know if you had this experience when you were writing your book, but sometimes I stand up at the end of those two hours and I'm like, I must have been sitting weird. Like my foot's gotten numb or like, you're like, Oh, I really have to go to the bathroom. Like, but you just, you get in the flow and you're just so focused. Um, and having those blocks of time can be so powerful. Well, I, yeah, I was more, I I did have that, but I was more constantly just amazed too of like, Oh, this is really what I can do mm-hmm. in, you know, two, three hours of my time here when I'm actually focusing. And again, I think that's a unique experience to today's world because I can mm-hmm. obviously you can type way faster than you can write. And I, I'm like a nerd typer. It's ridiculous. It's so I'm flying through this. I'm like, and not every day is going to be a great day with writing. Mm-hmm. Like some days you sit there and you write 200 words in a two hour period because you're just blocked. Other days it's like, okay, I wrote a couple thousand words today and this is half decent. Like this is a fraction of my book done in two hours, basically, minus the editing that needs to be done. And so again, that these are unique things of today's world. Sometimes less is more. If mm-hmm. you can focus just for a start with an hour. If I can just focus for a solid hour, get into that habit because I don't, I hope people are realizing what you're saying. You have a routine here. It's the candle. It's the headphones on. It's a specific place of your house. It's no distractions. You are training your brain literally to be like, okay, when we do this, this is the activities that we do. We work right. Versus when I'm upstairs and I don't have the phone, I'm going to bed. And so it's actually, this is proven, right? This is good for your brain to do. Uh, but I recommend anyone do that, especially if they're newer to the entrepreneurship thing. One question, I got to sneak in before we um, talk about where people can find you and stuff like that is how 
especially as a, a high achieving person. Mm-hmm. How do you teach clients or even yourself to make realistic goals? Because there's a there's a real fine line here. There are people that will make a goal that they know that they can achieve. And I tell them, I'm like, well, that's not a goal. That's a to-do list at that mm-hmm. point. If, if I, let's, let's say someone's making six figures, right? What is that? $8,600 a month, roughly. Okay. I'm going to make $8,600 this month. Well, if you're already doing that, that's just a to-do. That's not a goal. Mm-hmm. Versus let's say I'm making whatever, bottom line, $100,000 a year. Now I want to make $300,000 in a year, but I don't really have a real plan. And so it's mm-hmm. probably unrealistic if in what I'm doing to do that in a year. But I just set that because it sounds good. So mm-hmm. somewhere between the literal 100,000, 8,600 a month or 8,200, whatever that is, versus the 300,000 is probably something where I do need to push myself. I mm-hmm. need to become a better version of me or a more intelligent version, meaning really more knowledgeable to achieve that. But I also don't want to undercut myself where I'm like, well, yeah, I know I'm going to get that raise this year. So it's really a to do. How, how do you help people create healthy goals that are realistic, but also push you? Mm, I love that question. I think it involves getting quiet with yourself first because you know, as a coach, especially the person who knows your client best is your client. And so I really encourage people to to tune out of all the noise, right? Take out your earbuds, um, go for a walk by yourself and really start to think and feel into it. I'm I'm a huge advocate of like, I'm, I'm such a heart centered person. I'm like, <laughs> feel into the goal, right? Like, don't set the goal that's expected of you. Don't set an arbitrary goal that you're like, maybe that 300,000 isn't actually attainable this year, right? So like, let's think about like, what is something that makes you excited to show up? What is something that makes you excited to work hard? What makes you something like something that makes you excited to work at 6 a.m., right? Like mm-hmm. if I weren't so passionate about the work that I do and the women that I touch and and, and support, um, I wouldn't be doing it at six in the morning, right? And so yeah. get in touch with that thing that really lights you up. And then the other other thing that I would suggest is like take the time to to write the goals for yourself. I think get in community with people who are working towards something similar. So that's why I have a group coaching program because these women are elevating each other together, right? They're creating relationships. They're creating accountability. They're in community. And that's why I'm in a mastermind for podcasters, right? Like get in community with the people who are maybe that step or two ahead of you who can, who can lift you up as well. And so that would be my suggestion is like, don't be a silo. Don't go it alone. Um, Mm -hmm. Pick something that really lights you up that, you know, even on the days when you don't feel like doing it, because you won't feel like it every day, you're still going to show up because it's meaningful and it's personal to you. And then get in circles with people, whether that's listening to their podcast, reading their book, joining the mastermind, hiring the coach, whatever that looks like. I mean, you can decide what that is. I mean, I'm in a podcasting mastermind. It's free. It's three of us women who are podcasters and um, we're in a Voxer chat together and, and we check in with each other every week. And that's something that we can do to grow and support and learn together. And it's totally free, right? Or you can go do a paid program, whatever that looks like for you. Um, but don't limit yourself by thinking like, I don't have the finances to do that because there's so many ways you can do this for free. Um, but surround yourself with those people who are doing that thing that you're working towards mm-hmm. um, so that you can feel encouraged and inspired along the way. Excellent. I love it. Kate, where can people find you? Because I, I'm realizing more and more as you talk, I'm like, okay, you actually 
I thought it was only going to maybe connect with one side of our audience, which is fine. But now I'm like, it's actually both because whether someone is on a health journey, actively trying to heal it, they could benefit from you. Or if it's someone that actually kind of has mastered the health stuff and now they're on the business side, I think you would help them just as readily with some of the stuff that you offer there. So where can people find you if they're interested in learning more about the programs and working with you possibly? Oh, well, thank you so much for this time. It's been such a pleasure. I always like pinch myself that like I get to do this for my work. Yeah, yeah, um, but <laughs> absolutely. If you are a podcast lover, which I'm sure you are since you're tuning in here, you can find me over at the Live by Design podcast and it's hosted by me, Kate House. My last name is House, just like a house. <laughs> it's too easy. Um, and my website is misskatehouse.com. So that's M-S-K-A-T-E-H-O-U-S-E.com. And I'm over on Instagram. I'm active over there at Miss Kate House because apparently there's another Kate House out there in the world. So that's why I'm <laughs> MS Kate House. Um, so slide into my DMs. I love starting conversations with people. Um, yeah. And if you, if you ever want to connect for coaching or for if you need a group environment, the LBD Collective is a really beautiful place to start. So thank you so much for having me. This is such a pleasure. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for coming on. And uh, guys, you guys always know what we say, especially when it's a newer topic. If you enjoy content like this, reach out to us directly on Instagram. We have real people, not chatbots. So it's at FDN training and just say, hey, you know, I really appreciated this or hey, stick to the health stuff. But I I'm, have a strong feeling that if I enjoyed this and I'm in the FDN community, I, I don't know how they wouldn't. Um, And it's nice too, because you still learn something here, mm -hmm. but it's not so technical with the functional health mm -hmm. stuff that I need to be like having you know, my brain rocked every single sentence, right? I can learn without having to go super sciencey. So it's, it's a nice mix and a nice change up. Um, and we appreciate you coming on. Thank you.